This is Average Joe Rock and Roll. I am Michael J. Rock, and I am joined today on the virtual couch by Nick. Uh, welcome, Nick. How are you? Oh, hanging in there. I mean, uh, my grandfather used to say any day on this side of the grass is a good day. Yeah, smart man. <laughs> so uh, oh. what's exciting you these days about music? I mean, the diversity. I mean, I've been really on a kick lately of just finding old stuff, new stuff. Um, you know, uh, I've got a, a few guilty pleasure bands I've been listening to, <laughs> you okay. know, like uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Funk um sly and the family stone and then uh you know chicago um you know they have a, another band out that plays just chicago music it's uh called leonid and friends okay and they're a band out of russia and they kind of all got together and decided to uh to play some good music and man they only knew chicago it was like the only thing they could agree on and uh so they've been kind of my fix as of this week but you know how music is it'll change next week <laughs> yeah for sure um i've seen chicago a bunch of times that last time i saw him i saw him with uh they were with earth wind and fire and uh what a great show that was they 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 played separately they played together um I, and you know there's a lot of members in chicago and there's a lot of members in earth wind and fire so when they were all on stage together that stage was full and the sound was big um but what a what a talented band um it's one of those things that blows your mind, like try to just replace the fact that, you, you know, one guy can do seven things as opposed to, you know, back in the day, it took five people to do a five part harmony. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And they do, they switch on and off instruments. Um, very, very talented. And, and, you know, they, if you go way back to the beginnings of Chicago, uh, when Terry Kath was alive, you know, Terry Kath was, he was an up and coming guitar player. And uh, he was a force to be reckoned with. And people don't realize, um, you know, the influence he had. I mean, Jimi Hendrix, you know, called him out as a great guitar player. If you're endorsed by Jimi Hendrix, you're doing something something right. And then they always seem to, when they lost members, they always seem to replace them with members of equal talent. It's just, just a phenomenal band. And that's so hard to do. I mean, you know, because there's certain bands that you just lose that piece. I mean, look at Van Halen. It's a great example. Well, yeah. you know, uh, again, rock icons, great music, but you know, without Eddie, it's not really Van Halen anymore. Yeah, you know, people were, when, when Sammy Hagar joined, a lot of people were calling the band Van Hagar, um, you know, and it, it was certainly a different twist on the same band, but, you know, you're right, you know, it just really, uh, um, really is a, uh, was a great band um, without Eddie, you know, it's, they're talking about doing some tribute stuff. Um you know, I don't know if that'll ever happen. Uh, I think Sammy's all in, but, you know, they everybody else has to be on board, too. I saw an interview recently with Sammy who said that he re he's reached out to Alex several times with no response. So, um, you know, more to come on that, I guess. Yeah, no, I think that, uh, you know, when it comes down to, like, groups like that, it's just, it's not, it's frustrating because you don't see many, you know, get-togethers like that. And every once in a while, you could be surprised, Um like my uh, my cousin turned me on to John Mayer Trio. Like back in 2004, he did some live blues shows, blues, jazz. And it was, uh, it it just blew my mind. He's playing with Pino Palladino, Steve Jordan, both, you know, amazing musicians. But, you know, no one really gave him his props until he starts doing the, the Grateful Dead tour. And then everyone's like, oh my God, he can play. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he was a little overshadowed by the, the, the teeny bopper pretty boy thing. Um, you know, which happens, it happened with Peter Frampton, you know, Peter mm-hmm. Frampton fought for years to get out of that, you know, and, uh, Peter Frampton was a, a another exceptional musician who uh, on, you know, some fronts is very underrated. I think he was a great songwriter. I mean, you just have those people that have, you know, that, that talent with an instrument. He had that creativity, obviously, because he's so well known for what he can do, you know, trying to manipulate the sounds of his guitar, you know, with the pipe and the reverb. But when it comes down to it, there's just, you know, I guess I look at so many different bands and I'm like, okay, like, you know, who are the players who does what? And I think the biggest one for me is, is you know, uh, of that time frame, I think Frampton was just an amazing songwriter. Um, you know, I think uh, Clapton was a great songwriter, better guitar player, obviously, but good songwriter. Um and then yeah, you have so many people that I think that they're multi talented, but I don't think they get their their props, you know, in the sense because they can do more than one thing. I mean, look at Getty Lee, you know, the average fan just thinks like, Oh, he's got a great voice. It's like he's not just singing, he's playing bass completely at a different tempo and pace in the lyrics. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh that that rhythm section in that band, unbelievable. You know, Getty Lee monster monster bass player and you know you're right he does not get the props for that but you look at some of the bass lines and you want i've seen them live you know and you do you just watch that guy play it's unbelievable mm-hmm. so i gotta ask you know what do you think your your top three songwriters would be as far as you know music and again all crossing all genres that just surprise you and you're like oh my god i could never who comes up with these lyrics um, well, so I, I've been an Alice Cooper fan since the beginning of time, you know, since, well, the beginning of my time. Um, and, you know, Alice Cooper, you know, writes some great tongue in cheek lyrics. Um, you know, his, his songwriting is, uh, um, is very unique. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that you could say, um, you know, write similar tongue in cheek lyrics, but this guy has been super consistent and he's still putting out music today. Um, so I, I, I put him up there as a matter of fact, um, Bob Dylan, uh, you know, endorsed him years ago and said, you know, what an underrated songwriter he was. Um, you know, he was writing, he was writing, a, he'd write a ballad like you and me, um, you know, hear, people hear it on the radio and they're like, oh, that's beautiful. Who wrote it? Alice Cooper. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, because he's also doing Cold Ethel, um, you know, so. Yeah. You know, just just very, very, very talented songwriter. Um, he he his stuff was always overshadowed by, um, you know, the snakes, the guillotines, and a lot of the other things that he he brought to the stage. Um, overshadowed the songwriting, but he said himself, he said, you know, ninety percent of their mission is to put out good music. The ten, the other ten percent is the stage show. So you mm-hmm. you you gotta you gotta stay you gotta stay current with good music. If you don't stay current with good music, people aren't going to come see the show because let's face it, you know, there's always a guillotine. There's always a snake. There's always these other props that people know they're going to see, but they love the music. That's ultimately what's drawing people in. So, yeah. And I I would agree with you on Peter Frampton, Uh, Peter Frampton. I've, you know, again, I've been following him for years and um, you know, he, he said some struggles and stuff, but he's always stayed true to who he is musically. Um, if you listen in, 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 I don't know if you know this or not, but he was a session guitar player for David Bowie at one time, David Bowie brought him in to play guitar for him on his records, uh, back in like the early eighties, like 83, 84, something like that. I didn't realize that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's multi-talented and, you know, he certainly um, is a great songwriter. Um, you know, I- interestingly enough, you mentioned Grace Potter. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Grace Potter stuff. Um, she's a good songwriter. You know, she's uh, she's really good. Um, you know, some of the stuff that some of the lyrics like uh, um, a song that comes to mind is Big White Gate. You know, mm-hmm. listen to that song. I mean, that tells a story, you know, and it's it's a sad story, you know, but it's it's so kind of Americana, you know, um, you know, this this is uh, this, this happens more than not. Um, let's see who else. Uh, I think for me, I, I heard the Chili Peppers and. Yep. I've never like said when I saw the book came out, like scar tissue, I read multiple times. It was just one of those things where you, you think of like some of the lyrics he'd come out with and it was, you know, part, part of it was just poetry that it was writing in the band. We'd bring it to the band and they'd put music to it for a lot of it. Um, but, you know, it was like specifically like Californication, you know, psychic spies from China, try to steal your mind's elation. And yeah. uh, you know, in the book, what inspired that line, uh, he says he was, was traveling in an airport and this elderly lady was absolutely losing her mind and would not stop talking about, you know, spies from China. And it's so weird how some mundane or just out of the ordinary incident, um, like inspired this, you know, I mean, not everyone can write, you know, smoke on the water (laughs) after, you know, something bad happens, but to just take the mundane. And then, you know, a lot of these artists that, uh, you know, my, my, one of my first guitar teachers ever said, you know, the three things that good music is about is either, um, you know, sex, love, um, or partying. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, there's definitely some truth to it. But when you find people that, you know, I think it's just rare where you have people that bring in a piece to something. They all try to be everything. Um, and egos get inflated. Um, another band. Uh, that I think was uh, doesn't get its due because uh, it was uh, there's an, they put out an album uh, flat as a pancake, head east. Okay. Uh, um, and, and like all uh, in the '80s, these guys came together, put out this uh, you know never been any reason you might recognize, but that whole album was solid, and they never did anything else to do too much. It just doesn't blend or mesh. Yeah. No. Never. Never heard of that. Oh, you're there? Can you hear me, Nick? Yep, I'm here. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, dropped, dropped out there for a second. There. Oh. Can you hear me, Nick? Yep. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I dropped out there for a quick second. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of those bands over the years. I mean, if you look through my CD collection, there's a lot of, a lot of CDs in there that you'd be like, who the heck is this? But, um, you know, there's, there were some great one-offs, um, you know, some of them were super group one-offs. Uh, some of them are just one-offs from bands, uh, that nobody's ever heard of. Um, there was a band locally years ago called Cobalt Blue. Don't know if you mm-hmm. ever heard of those guys, they were a three piece. Um, those guys are really good. Um, I got their CD, um, like I said, there's a lot of that stuff, a lot of super group stuff. Um, are there any super groups that you that you're into or that you like? Like I said, I'm one of those people that's a mood person. Like I'll I'll go from listening to, you know, 
Tupac to, you know, the Rat Pack. Like, it's it's so yeah. diverse. But, I mean, as far as super groups, I mean, for once in a while, maybe the damn Yankees, Yardbirds. Um, but I recently got into Chicken Foot a little bit. Okay. Yep. Um, with, uh, you know, Joe Satriani playing, and you got Sammy Hagar singing, and it's just, you know, again, like when, when you get those together and they're so rare, it's obviously it's not about the money. Like they're not hungry, but they all have something to show. Right. And that's just what makes it so, you know, unique because it's like music from a different perspective. And if I had to say one thing that like most music fans, and I'll say fans, where they like a band and they'll just know their top three songs. It's like, okay, but what albums have you heard? Right. And you stump them every time. <laughs> Yeah, and, and unfortunately, in, in most instances, those three songs aren't the best songs on the albums. No, no. I mean, uh, I had my friend laughing because we were talking about, like, a you know, one of the records that we like listening to from, you know, start to finish. And uh, I always bring up, uh, you know, Appetite for Destruction. Um, yep. You know, and my friend's laugh is like, oh, well, I got the greatest hits album. I'm like, no, no, that's the same album. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you got Rocket Queen, you got just so much like Night Train. But, you know, the average person that says they like music just knows Sweet Child of Mine and Welcome to the Jungle. And maybe they'll remember Paradise Cities by them, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, another good song off that is My Michelle. Um, not great, great record. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, Guns N' Roses are a kind of. Um, kind of mm -hmm. unique because if you think about what they've put out over the years, it's not much. You know, they put out, you know, Appetite. They put out Appetite. Um, then they then they had the uh, Use Your Illusion albums, um, you know, and that's really where the bulk of everything came from. And then, you know, there was, you know, Chinese Democracy, Spaghetti Incident, you know, a lot of this stuff that... Um, you know, really, you know, Chinese democracy really wasn't Guns N' Roses. It was Axl Rose. Um, you know, the Spaghetti Incident was covers. Um, so, you know, they didn't they didn't really put a lot of music out, but the popularity on the little bit that they put out, I mean, they, you know, they're a stadium act. How are you a stadium act on a couple albums? You know, but they did it. I saw them. My friend bought tickets and invited me to go see the Chinese democracy tour. And I've never been so disappointed in my life. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It it was bad. Like Axl Rose almost fell off stage. They this is before him and Axel, uh, Axel and Slash got back together. So they needed three guitar players to replace Slash. Um, and the one that would dress just like him, he even had a bedazzled Les Paul fell <laughs> off the stage. Um the uh, I'm totally blank on the bass player's name. It's gonna kill me. It's the same bass player from the Replacements. Um, amazing bass player. They covered um, uh, My Generation by the Who, and he sang it, and it was phenomenal. Uh, but the drummer messed up Paradise City on the opening like riff. Like he double hit the bass drum and threw the whole song off. And it's like this is the easy I could play this song, and I haven't played a drum set in like three years. This is not even hard. <laughs> Who was the drummer? I don't even remember that lineup. It's just, like I said, the only one, uh, I think DJ Ashba was the guitar player. They had this other guitar player called Bumblefoot, who was supposed oh, to be God. phenomenal, and he had a, a double neck guitar. 
but yeah. the top neck didn't have any frets, so he was just using it for sound effects. So it wasn't really impressive to somebody who plays guitar. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it uh, was definitely one of those moments where it's like I, I'm so glad I didn't pay to see this, and I was just invited. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. Um, you know, it's 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 tough sometimes with uh, some of these these bands that have been around a while and they're out there touring and, you know, they don't have original members. And in some instances, there's no original members. I mean, look at foreigner, you know, foreigner is a cover band now, you know, foreigner has no original members, you know, but as long as people go out to see them, they're going to continue to play. And, and they, they continue to sell tickets, you know, and Axel Rose going out there kind of on a solo project uh, under the name guns and roses, that's going to sell tickets. Yeah. I mean, there's so few bands that can do it like a, so much props to is um sublime with rome um where like again it's kind of you know rome was one of the guys that was playing with the dirty heads different genre of music more kind of uh modern but he just happened to be a huge fan of sublime they were recording stuff in the same studio they linked up and they said instead of playing it's just sublime we're going to be a new band we're going to write out put out some new music we're going to play the old ones um, and it was neat watching the interview with them because one of the things they made a great point where he says, not only did we make him listen to sublime, we made him listen to all the bands that inspired sublime, because if you want to sound like the people that you're playing with, you need to be inspired by the same artists they were. Um, so it's definitely one of those things where, uh, with me for everything of uh, Led Zeppelin, like everyone else. I think John Bottom is the greatest drummer to ever live. Um, but he was inspired by like big, like it's just how he would, that's why he had this massive bass drum. It inspired a lot of his sounds. He had a lot of different shuffles and feels to it. And he just added all these different elements to, uh, you know, to a group that, you know, wasn't doing that at the time. I mean, I can't think of another drummer from that area that just you know bottom triplets for so you know he's got things named after him that are used in every single rock show you've seen ever yeah 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 no it's uh it's amazing how uh you know guys like that uh you know they're they're even though he's no longer with us um he lives on you know he lives on through um influences um obviously the zeppelin music's out there um, there's some rare, you know, concert footage. If you're, you know, if you search hard enough, you'll find it. Um, but, you know, through several generations of players, you know, this guy lives on, you know, and there's very few people that you can say that about. It just reminded me too, because uh, the, the few concerts that, you know, they did obviously after he passed, they filled in with his son, Jason, um, which, I mean, I thought that was cool. I thought that was kind of right in line with like, like what Phil Collins did with his son when he couldn't play those parts anymore. Cause I mean, I think everyone just knows Phil Collins as the whole, you know, dun, 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 dun. And I mean, this guy was so much more inclined than that. I mean, listen to Los Endos. I mean, he's got so many albums where you're just sitting here and you're like, there's no way he's singing and playing this. And he really is. And it, uh, it's, Again, I just think that he brought all these different influences from his life into his music, and it just transcended everything. I mean, my whole generation knows him from Tarzan, and I yeah. think that that's <laughs> you know just the scratching Project. the surface. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I actually saw Phil Collins on uh, on the last Genesis tour when when his son was playing. Um, mm -hmm. he's a great job, you know. He's a great drummer. Um, 
great fill-in for for his dad you know and um it's got to be bittersweet you know when you're sitting there in the chair and you're singing all these hits and you know your boys behind you playing your drum parts and then from his perspective i'd be terrified because you know i can only imagine what practice is like i don't know what he's like in person but i can just imagine him going back going i was playing this when i was 67 and you're messing this up at 13 yeah yeah no kidding no kidding um, yeah. but and i also think too that uh like stuff like that that crosses over it was also like another big exposure especially for i think my generation where albums went because you know earlier when i'm in school and getting my own music like i had cd players i had like the walkman stuff but you know, everyone had iPods and that's where they all started cherry picking. So, you know, things like, uh, I laugh because I think Tony Hawk, the video game series did more for my generation, introducing them to different music than most music programs I can think of or shows that are supposed to, that we're supposed to be music education. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, introduced you to ska, introduced you to the Ramones, introduced you to you know, all these different things that just don't make the radio, the germs. Um, so I, I also think that, again, it's almost like an uphill battle. Like, it's hard to find someone who really loves music and can talk to you about more than just either the greatest hits or, well, I went to a show and just happened, this other band happened to be there and I liked them. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple type, types of music fans. There's the surface fans. That's the surface fan. Mm -hmm. and, uh, there's there's the uh the the deep fan you know and i like to consider myself a deep fan i can't get enough i can't get enough information you know and i i you know all these it amazes me you know when you start looking at some of these players you know who they're connected to you know i've been calling mm -hmm. the degrees of separation and, and rock and roll because really you know all these musicians know each other and if they don't they just they know somebody through somebody you know so again the three degrees of separation um you know super groups you know i I, I really, I, I've really been listening to a lot of the, like the winery dogs. Um, don't know if you checked them out yet. Um, great, great, great super group. Um, three extremely talented players uh, and they're writing incredible songs. Um, but if you look at each one of those players in that band, you know, Richie Cotson was in poison at one time. He was in Mr. Big mm -hmm. at one time, did all of his own solo stuff. Um, you know, Billy Sheehan, Talis, uh, David Lee Roth, um, Mr. Big, uh, Mike Portnoy, a million bands. I'd need an hour of airtime to mention all the bands that guy's been in. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I, uh, I was on the monsters of rock cruise, um, mm -hmm. this past spring and, um, they have this, this, uh, this, it's like an open mic, um, comedy for musicians, right? So these musicians go up there and they do stand up and Don Jameson and uh, Jim Florentine were there. Um, and they were kind of the MCs, kind of the hosts. And, um, you know, in between acts, um, we, we got to see uh, Todd Latore from uh, um, Queensryche and Red Beach from Winger do some stand-up. But in between these guys doing stand-up, you know, these guys were getting up, uh, Jim Florentine and Don Jameson, and kind of telling jokes in between. And one of them said, you know, as he was talking about, you know, different bands and stuff, he's like, yeah, he goes, just in the, in the last five minutes that I've been talking, uh, Mike Portnoy has joined two other bands. <laughs> you know? I mean... So, it's um, it, it's so crazy how you get you know like these. My friends are we were big metalheads and like in my high school, and they used to do this thing every year, Mayhem Fest in Connecticut. And it was just to me, it was for thirty thirty five dollars 
you get lawn seats and you get access to all day music. I mean, I got to see Megadeth for the first time, Seven Dust for the first time, Bullet for My Valentine, like all bands I wouldn't necessarily pay to go see, you know, by themselves. Um, and then you see like these, just these, the stage presence. And then I, I think that's where I was, I was kind of hooked, you know, like whenever you see a band and you're like, there's no way I can do that. Um, like, I think there's a different appreciation for, you know, when you're a musician, because it's almost like being an athlete wanting to play and going to a game. You're like, I'd rather be playing the game than watching it. Yeah. Um, but then you just see somebody and it blows your mind. Mike Portnoy is a great example of that. Um, you know, Zach Wild, another example of, you know, Clapton, um, you know, Mayer, like we were talking about, like, you know, he's really kind of underrated when it comes to what he can do on guitar. Um, but you just you know, find these, uh, you know, special just people and it just blows your mind. You're like, I don't know what they're hearing. I don't know how they're doing it. And it's almost like a puzzle sitting there watching them play it. Um, I don't know if you ever got into the band. It's, a, you know, newer, obviously, Event Sevenfold. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, uh, I saw them live before I got to hear them. And it was on the 10th anniversary of 9-11 they played. And I got to hear them play a bunch of stuff. Uh, and Jimmy the Rev Sublin had... Uh, Sullivan had just died and they, you know, and I was kind of bummed because I'm like, I really got excited about hearing his drumming because he was a, an all around great musician that contributed on piano, vocals, guitar, and was a really big songwriter for the group. Um, so Nightmare was the last album he worked on. And then they came out and said, well, yeah, no, we're going to have the drummer from Dream Theater fill in. And it just blew me away it was like i you know i couldn't imagine a, <laughs> a better replacement that was gonna just come in and still sound just like the album and have the textures of a metal like th that were just so foreign in a metal band to me yeah i mean they had three bass drums and the middle one was a different size and most bands will do that kind of as filler just to make the, it look bigger on stage um but they use it for more like depth and texture. So like their lows can be lows. They can have like that whole, instead of having like 50 floor toms, they can kind of break it up there and then free up his other hand to play symbols. And it's just like that level of creativity you'll see with an artist that you're like, I, I can't duplicate it. I mean, Steve Vai playing the double neck guitar that goes out that way. So he's playing with just his hands there. You're like, that's, that's something. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, yeah. As I said, the the artism, as my friends would call it, because when you just see somebody do something and it's like, holy crap, I don't know how your brain works to sit there. And I mean, I get confused when I'm so you're sitting there trying to sing and play. Now you just imagine your hands are doing something completely independent and then you're sitting there working switch pedals with your other hands or foot. Yeah, uh, it's you know, these these, these guys are, are, are born prodigies, you know, I mean, they're born, you know, talented, you know, there's no doubt about it, you know, and um you know you you mentioned portnoy you know filling in um i saw him uh fill in for uh twisted sister when aj piero died on the mm -hmm. or you know he was he was drumming for them you know um and he's such a chameleon what a chameleon that guy is you know he he he's been been in so many different bands with so many different uh sub genres of rock and roll the guy can just play anything he's mm -hmm. just, just a monster talent and and you know you talk about underrated people i mean people talk about him but they're not he doesn't always come up as one of the greats you know and he should it really doesn't that's um because again it's like the drummer for acdc i mean he's, he just was perfect for the pocket 
like you can't take another drummer and, and stick him in there because you know you you stick a john bonham in a group like that that angus young doesn't shine as much brian johnson doesn't shine as much as he did and stand out um you know i think that uh like the chili peppers are the perfect example where you have a bass player i mean most people don't know who the bass player is um you know, like the old joke goes, you know, what do you call a bass player that's uh, that's single? Homeless. <laughs> what was it? Homeless. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, you know, you see groups like uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers who, I mean, they just sound amazing with Frusciante playing at a completely different end of the, the spectrum. You have chad smith the way he beats the drums and he mutes them with his foot so it doesn't resonate and kind of cross into where the bass plays and then again i was you know commenting on anthony kiedis songwriting of being able to put something out that's relatable that's poetic but still tells a story and to be just so vastly different because i mean they're one of the few bands where one doesn't sound like the other you know you know as far as songs go there was just such a diverse background as far as you know, their influences. I was reading um, Flea's book, which I love the title. It's called Acid for the Children. Um, <laughs> and he had a, a really tough growing up, but he was actually inspired to be a, a trumpet player. Okay. And got a lot of his, you know, uh, his credit early on, you know, practicing and playing trumpet and got, you know, free lessons. Uh, uh, Dizzy Giuseppe, um, you know, the great trumpet player was one of his inspirations. And it's like, you wouldn't think of a jazz trumpet player as inspiring, you know, the red hot chili peppers like that combination of alternative and funk and, uh, you know, have a blues feel to them at times. And it's just, again, it's kind of like we were talking about where, you know, you got to look at who inspired the people that you're inspired by. And it's, you kind of see the legacy of, Oh my God, like they took that from this genre or they took, you know, that from, from this artist. And I didn't even realize it. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's crazy. Um, well, and unfortunately, Nick, uh, we're running out of time here. Um, it was fun having you on. I appreciate you coming on today and, and sitting on the virtual couch. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, listen, we'll have to do it again. So with oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, seriously. Anytime. Yeah. I am uh, Michael J. Rock and I am a rock fan. Enough said. Thank you, Nick. Have a good night.